action. What's going on, everybody? I'm Daniel Richardson, joined by... Tyler Phillips. And, of course, you know we are the Kings of Scream. Before we even get started, I want to throw a huge thank you to everybody out there. Bro, we got over 300 views. Seriously, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's incredible. And the thing is, like, you know, we know maybe compared to other podcasts, that's nothing. But for a couple of bums from southern Indiana, that's fucking awesome. So, (laughs) thank you, guys. You know, the problem is, though, that was probably a lot of curiosity. Yeah. Like, Kings of Scream, who are these guys? Let's check it out. The real test will be this episode, because do we have any retention? Do people are going to carry over? We don't know, so that'll be the big thing. But hey, for those who are listening that listened last time, thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we hope you found... Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. So, my man, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, we're going to go back to 1981, and we're going to go back to maybe five minutes away from Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> okay, there's A no jaunt. De- there's no definitive distance of how far it is, but they act like it's way on the other side. Well, I was wondering about that, because at first they, I heard I mean, maybe across the lake, but then someone's like, well, it's on the same lake, so I'm just like, okay, so where are we at? Because they just kind of walk there, no problem, but... Walk through the woods, and right, right there. there's Camp Crystal Lake. It's right next door. <laughs> Jason's on the front porch yeah. watching everybody, like, really? He's like, oh, hey. Having his morning coffee, like, oh, hell, we got people coming back. Oh, shit's gonna get real now. Uh, Friday 13th, part two. Um... First of all, I want to mention, so, you know, A, if you guys want to have an input of what we review, drop that shit down below. Let us know. Uh, Once again, you can find us on many platforms. We're on YouTube. We're on Anchor. We're on Spotify. Oh, there's a couple other ones. I know Google Listen and there's something else. But we're like on seven or eight different platforms. So whatever platform you're listening to, if they have that comment section, please let us know. Like, hey... We're tired of hearing you guys talk about this. The reason we chose Friday 13, or I should say the reason I chose it. Uh, when we first got started, TikTok. I was like, Ty. We're also on TikTok. We're also on TikTok. So there you go. Yeah. So guys, check us out. Uh, you know, Tyler picked the first one. He went Friday 13th. And so when it came time for the second one, a part of me was like, well, I really want to branch out, do something. Another big, you know, franchise. But we were talking a lot about part two last time, or at least kept referencing part two. Mm. And I was just like, damn it. Part two is such a good movie. I really want to talk about it. Uh, this is not the plan to just do the entire Friday 13 franchise. At least I don't think, unless you guys say otherwise. But uh, yeah, we decided, you know what? Let's just check out part two and the sequel. The sequel. And let's I just mean, see where it takes us. The true definition of sequels. It really is. It takes your original material, takes it to another level, and increases everything you like about it, including the nudity, the violence, and the story. And, so, and really, since we killed the main villain in part one, you get a better villain in part two. So it really is like, if you compare like Aliens and Alien or Terminator 2 and Terminator 1, this is kind of the same thing, you know, Friday 13th 2, Friday 13th 1. So in this one, it's five years later. And of course, the legend of Jason Voorhees has grown phenomenally. But we got a whole new group of campers that's going to set up shop right across the lake. (laughs) <laughs> from Camp Crystal Lake. Um, so go ahead, give us kind of a, you know, your, what are your thoughts? Just kind of give us a, a generalized uh, thing. Let me ask you first, uh, where was the first time that you saw this movie? How old was you? I, and kind of give me your initial thoughts on it, as opposed to, what you know, just watching this past week. Well, that's going to be, you know, it's one of those DVD things. I never did get to see them until the DVD. Okay. But when I first, you know, when I seen the second one, I do remember the first one trying to do the storyline of thinking... I'm confused for a second because I thought everybody died. The cramp crystal, you know, it shut down. But um, 
the thing that I liked the most was they brought back the same, I guess, the concept. Yeah. Now, um, on the second one, obviously, who's the killer? That's your main thing. Yeah. You're wondering, okay, well, we've seen that Jason's mom, you know, her head got cut off. Yeah. But why is there a second movie? Yeah. What's going on? Because you reattach that thing and start going back to it, you know. Just like, you know, right back on her shoulders and she's like, I'm back. And hi, you know, Jason, here's mommy. Yeah. You know, come here. You know, don't look at my shrine or anything. That You know, and that's the thing I I really like about this was they actually took her son and made a, you know, the shrine area. Yeah, yeah. In the old camp. It kind of had that uh, psycho vibe with Norman Bates and his mother, you know, he Still off her one room that was like her thing, so I really kind of does that as well. If you go in there and you're not supposed to be in there, you know, you're gonna pay the price. You're gonna, well, you know, of course, after the deputy finds that out, (laughs) but uh, I I think it's a, I think it's a great movie. I think that it's better than the first one. Yeah, but I mean, of course, anything that can grow better, you know, when you add different production people. And you add people that, you know, can maybe give a new life to it. Yeah, yeah. And then they just build off that. No, absolutely. I um, I agree. I um, watched this when I was probably 10 or 11, when I first started getting hardcore into slashers. And uh, like I said last time, my first introduction to the Friday 13 franchise was actually part six. But I was so enamored of the fact that there were six movies. Uh, in fact, at that time, there was actually, I think... Uh, Jason Goes to Hell was just coming out or just came out. But either way, um, I was just like, oh, crap, there's so many. I want to watch them all. And so I was able to go down to a uh, – we used to actually have a, a video store in town called North End Video. It was a little mom-and-pop type shop. It was incredible. and But I would go down there and rent like three at a time and watch them. So watch this immediately after watching part one and fell in love with it. Now, as I mentioned earlier, if you would have asked 20-year-old Daniel what he thought of, you know – What's his favorite? Well, I always said part one, just because I watched it so many times. But then, as I got older, I really dug two. I thought the kills were better. I thought story was better. I thought the villain was better. I just thought everything, like you just said, you know, everything was amplified. It you know went up. And so, two was always my favorite for the longest time. And then I would say, when I got into my 30s, I don't know why, uh, part five. And we may talk about that another day, and we'll get into that on a different <laughs> date altogether. But uh, that kind of became my favorite. But this is still my second favorite. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Um, no, I just remember just hardcore being into this one, namely because, I don't know, it was so different, not just from part one, but it's also different from the others. I think the potato sack on his head is a big part of that, because, you know, he gets the hockey mask in part three, so, and from that point on, it's just hockey mask nonstop. We, we get this different, and he runs, and it, it feels, I don't know, it just feels different. He's laying in a bed hiding. Yeah, exactly. Which, we'll, we'll get to that, too. I do love some of the setups they do in this that's just so, like... Really? They give you a different aspect of, of killer. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's not, you know, him him constantly just falling behind people and just getting them from behind. You know, of course. No, no, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, the kills were definitely amped up. They did, you know, uh, we'll talk about less kills, kills in a second. Was it less kills? I didn't know if it, it was, was less or not. Okay. I was, the thing is, they're so spectacular, and I'll, we'll get into the kills in a second. Um, the first is, so right off the bat, and they even acknowledge this, you know, themselves, you know, Jason drowned. And died in part one, which is why his mother went crazy. Now, in this one, they try to recont that a little bit. They're just like, well, the body was never found. It's like, yeah. wow, Mrs. Voorhees, you're just a psychopath. Because 
you're just like, where's my son? He's sitting at home waiting on dinner. Exactly. He's he's like, mom. I mean, I mean, not to make light of it, but he is mentally challenged. He's where were you at there? And instead, she's just like, ah, I'm going crazy on Kill Bill. It's like really not once in those years between 1957 up to 1980, you didn't think the whatever. So that's the first whatever. But then the second one, it's funny to me, is because uh, we pick up with Alice again, uh, the sole survivor from part one. And we get the recap, and that's going to be something in every one of these uh, Friday films is you get that, you know, Three to five minute recap in the beginning, and they do the whole thing. Like she's having the nightmare of the whole part one. Like she, which which helps you. It helps you if you haven't seen it. It in a helps while. you if you haven't seen it in a while. But yeah. then you're thinking, every time. Yeah, yeah, every single time. Yeah, <laughs> go get every time. So we get, you know, we get a, a sense that you know she's kind of still a little traumatized. She's still having nightmares. You know, when she's talking to her mom, you know, her mom's clearly like, "Hey, we're worried about you." And she's like, "Well, this is the only way I can, you know, pick my life back up and carry yeah. on." So she takes a really short shower. Like the shortest shower ever, and we get this POV. She now, didn't even get her hair wet. Doesn't get the hair wet at all. She's in there, and the funny thing is, right off the bat, we get Jason already walking to the house, and I'm thinking, okay, where did he get the address? This is 1981. There's no Google. There's who, no who gave that guy a plane ticket? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, is this like nearby? Is, is she only moved like a mile down the road? Like, I'm gonna stay See, here. We don't know. It looks like a. Pretty city type thing, yeah. It looks like it's more urban, so it's like the house isn't dirty. It doesn't look like it's been out in the middle of the woods. But there was a fire escape on that window when that cat jumped through. That indicates to me she lives in the city. She is in the city. (coughs) There's no fire escapes in the suburbs or in a rural area, so it's like okay. Nobody cares that Jason's you know climbing up. So even though this is probably shot, <laughs> no one says anything. Potato sack Jason at yeah. that. Because like, he's learning potato sack. It ain't Halloween. Yeah. This is fucking summertime. He's just walking around. So it's like, okay, fine. He finds her house somehow. Secondly, he calls her before because she's like, what is it, mom? And then there's no one there. And it's like, okay, you can say that wasn't Jason. But it's like, well, then who the fuck called her? I guess the most coincidental thing ever. She got a random call. Before Jason shows up, so whatever. At that time of night? At that time of night, exactly. And so, she's in the shower, and we're going to go ahead and do a little spoiler. Jason enters the apartment, or the house, or whatever, with his mother's severed head, goes over to the refrigerator, quietly, because he don't want to get Alice out of that shower, puts the head right in there, shuts the door, grabs himself a little ice pick, and then he just kind of fucks off into a corner and ducks down, I guess. So then when Alice gets out... And then I get the feeling he was going to jump on her, but then the cat jumped out, and it probably scared Jason too. He was just probably like sneaking up, and then he's like, "Oh!" And he hid again. But then he realizes, "Okay, not caught. I don't want that, you know, head in the refrigerator going away. So let's hope she go. What if she never went to the refrigerator? That's what I want to know. Like, what if she just said, "I'm going to go watch TV." He would have. He would have put. Put a tea on so that he would have. She would have came in there, just lobbed it to her, been like, "Oh shit!" Well, she tried to start to do. She, yeah, you know, I I understand. You know that they have to make it intense. Yeah, but Bill, that's sometimes make it make sense as well, because there's no way that this guy is going to be walking anywhere to get to her. Exactly. So, anyways. Kills her off right off the bat. Now, uh, ice pick in the back of the head. Ooh, and it's, it's a good, it's a decent kill. It really is. The funny thing about this is, there's two stories as to why Andrea King, uh, the actress who played Alice, uh, came back for such a small role. Now, I've heard two different stories, and it's this. It seems like it changes back and forth. 
I kind of buy the second one. Uh, the first story was she claims, and now this part is true, that she had a stalker that was messing with her yes. after part one. And so she's like, I want minimum screen time for that. But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like if you had a stalker, would you, A, not feel safer with being on set the longest, maybe? I don't know. But, I mean, I never had a stalker, so I don't know what that you know be like. But then the second one really kind of rang more true, and it was just it was a money thing. Her and her agent was wanting more money. They're like, you're not going to get much, which I can't fault her too much because like the first one was made for like 500 grand, but made over 50 something million, and it's like, yeah, can you not break me off a little chunk of that? And so again, I'm not sure what she was asking for, but it's like, do you think that she regrets it now? Oh, I guarantee because like now she's, I mean, she does all the. Friday Thirteenth fan convention. She does horror conventions. She does all the interviews, all the documentaries. It's like I guarantee she probably does, and not just that. But I don't like in one of them. I don't think it was the uh, Camp Crystal Lake memories. I think it was the DVD uh, documentary that went with the uh, box set that was called From Crystal Lake to uh, Manhattan. Amy Steele, who plays Jenny in this one, was talking about how you know since her character spoiler alert doesn't die, that she wanted you know all the survivors should come back for one big epic you know Jason movie. Yeah. And Andrew King's like, yeah, I would love that. And I'm thinking you're dead. Yeah, you like dead. You're, you're fucking dead. <laughs> and so it's just like, no, you don't come back in this one in any form, unless if somehow we go supernatural and you're somehow a dream vision or something. Sister? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yo. So something like that. So it's like. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I I think she does regret it. Though. I really do. I think at the well, she, they, she should have died at the. If she was going to die in part two, she mm-hmm. should have died at the end of the yeah. movie. Doing something a little bit more it with her. Should have you know go she the Nancy shows up randomly to the the camp. Yeah, you know she gets a weird feeling that something's going wrong. Exactly. You know, trying to mix that in. Or maybe she's trying to get the cops to, like, take it seriously, investigate. The whole time, you know, she's like, I know Jason's out there, and you you could have built onto that. Like I said, it reminds me of uh, uh, Nancy Thompson. uh, I'm blanking on her name, the actress. But uh, Nancy from Friday 13, or sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, she leaves after part one. It's kind of ambiguous if she lives or not, but she goes, like, part three. She's a huge role until the end. Then she does die, but it's like she did give a lot more to it than, you know, this one. Now, again... I don't know the situation, and I said, you know, it is on uh, record that she did have a stalker, so there could be some truth to both of them. I, you know, don't know. I've never uh, had a chance to meet Andrea King. You I know, would... they had a lot of multiple reports saying that, you know, I did read that, that said, you know, they did see somebody consistently following yeah. her. Yeah. So I mean, it, was, legit... it wasn't her imagination. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. It definitely was a legit thing. So, and again, I mean, that may have played into it again, but to me, it just feels like if I was that vulnerable and I, you know, a stalker's after me, I'd want to be surrounded by people at all times. Yeah. So instead of like, just give me one step, like, no, give me the whole fucking movie and then make sure I'm in part three as well. Like, I want to hang around you guys. Fun. That way, crazy guy over there. Well, security yeah. was probably a lot less, you know, more intense like it is now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't come within. Well, now, I mean, people would take that way more seriously. Oh, yeah. I mean, you should take it seriously back then, but now it's like you can't joke around shit like that. Whereas back then, maybe it was just like, ah, oh, he's harmless, or it's just, you know, he's a movie nerd. He, you don't, he ain't going to be nothing. Yeah. So, you know. Just a follower, that's all he is. Yeah, so he is. A fan. He's a fan. Yeah, all this, an obsessive yeah. fan. So, after she's out of the way, we are now clean slate. And now we got a whole new group of counselors to come in. We got Paul, yeah. the guy who's running it. We got Jenny, his girlfriend, uh, ish. I don't know. It seems like he's more into her than she's into him, it seems like to me. Which I like that dynamic better because it's the same dynamic as last time. But the last time, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the creepy dude, Steve, Steve. the fucking porn stash creeper who was clearly way older than uh, you know Alice was. Uh, here, it seems like they're closer in age, so that makes it a little bit more less icky. But it does seem like she's really like 
probably doesn't need him. Like, she could probably move on without him. And he's constantly just like, you know, I really did miss you. And he's like, he, bullshit. Or she's like, bullshit. She's like, well, she has that attitude, you know, to pretty much don't fuck with her. Yeah, absolutely. And I, was, I love that build. Because totally agree. If they keep, if they keep that up, you know, in, in future movies, yeah. it builds up even better. Not just, you know, with the, uh, this franchise, just... Slasher movies in general, yeah. She is like, you know, one of the early prototypes of a final girl. I mean, she really, and just brings that strong character there. And yeah, I agree. I mean, she's one of my favorites. If not my favorite, I I feel like Friday 13th, why? She's probably my favorite uh, final girl. Overall, it's a toss up between her and Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, but. And maybe throw Sydney Prescott from Scream. Maybe, maybe it's a top three of those girls right there, but. I I will agree with you, and I will, and I'll I'll talk about it later of why I really feel. You know, like her role was that important. Oh yeah, in the movie. Oh, absolutely. No, exactly. It's not just a standard. That's the thing. You know, slasher movies get hit a lot with just like, well, these are cardboard cutout characters or one dimensional. It's like, well, maybe some of these are. I won't deny it. The yeah. creeper guy who gets his throat slashed when he's hung upside down. Like, yeah, he had one though. He was just horny. He just wanted to. And he, <laughs> he probably a potential rapist down the road, but he was. That was all he was. With Jenny, you feel like you got a lot more with her. Like, there was a lot more character development. And, I mean, that could, you know, maybe the acting, maybe the writing, maybe a mixture of both. I don't know. But, definitely, she comes off. You, you feel sorry for her. When everybody else gets wiped out, you're like, yeah, fuck them. When she is in danger, you're like, okay, I hope she gets away. I don't want to see her wipe out. I don't What I don't understand is, what the hell does the producer have against males? Well, you know, typically, though, that's kind of what you want to see. I think, uh, in general... If you see a bunch of guys, and I mean, this is going to come off sexist. I know it's 2022. I don't want to get canceled already. But typically, you see a bunch of guys, and they're running and screaming. You're like, dude, get your shit together. Like, quit being a pussy. Yeah, he's a scary guy, but, you know. Uh, and typically, when you have final guys, like Tommy Jarvis in the series later on, or like, a, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm a final guy, but like Donald Pleasance, uh, Dr. Loomis, and Halloween, you know, they kind of they take control. Yeah. With the yeah. women... You know, they also, they fall into two categories. They're either the slutty girls who aren't paying attention, get knocked off easily, or they are those final girl types that are going to, you know, and they have to kind of work for it. Thing is, I feel like, and this is what I think the producers and writers are thinking is, is you're going to be more on her side if she's alone running from this thing, as opposed to a couple or a team. Because that happens later on where you'll have, like, a tangent duo like uh, what comes to mind quickly is a uh, Jason takes Manhattan. You do have a final guy and a final girl who do survive to the end, but it's just kind of like, all right, you're a tag team. You don't really feel as strongly to one or the other because it's just like, eh. especially since that's the only movie they're in. It's not like a Dewey Sydney thing <laughs> that's been through three to four movies. Okay, piece, okay, you know? yeah, don't, yeah, do not want no Dewey <laughs> Sydney. So sixteen times in a row, shit. So, but you know, it's, I think it's probably what the you know the thing is there. Uh, you want to get your girls alone, and I mean, from a producer standpoint, it's also exploitation. You get the girls alone and nude, either in a shower or skinny dipping, uh, because yeah. that's what you want to see. You don't want to really. And again, I'm speaking on behalf of what I think the producers are thinking. You don't want to see the wang doodle out there. You just want to see young, nubile women. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm cool either way because I don't really care because it's part of the story, you know. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander and throw them both out there. But this is the 80s, and that's just what the protocol was back then. Well, there was, you know, nothing nothing wrong with, you know, how they built the storyline. It, it was like a, I didn't want it to turn into a wash, rinse, yeah. repeat, you know. And that's one thing that they did with the these the series. Yeah, yeah. They, they did a really did. good job of making sure, you know, like the first two together, mm-hmm. 
can actually be one movie. It feels like a good double feature together. Yeah. Like, yeah, the story continues on strongly, yeah. It's just, you know, they did a good job of portraying of, of how, the, you know. I would say even up to maybe six even, they do a pretty good job of keeping it all fairly on the same timeline. Then after that, it kind of goes wonky goes. and, you know, whatever. But uh, Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so joining our, uh, you know, two lead counselors here, we got... Uh, Oh, we got Jeff and Marcy. No, Jeff and Sandra, uh, who are kind of the Jack and Marcy this time around. Yep. So basically, you got knock off Kevin Bacon and his girlfriend here. Uh, I'll talk more about the girlfriend here in a second because there's an interesting footnote to uh, her to scene. Because yeah, Sandra, yeah. Okay. Uh, but then you also have uh, what the fuck was his name? Yeah. Was it Ned? Well, Ted. 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 And it's just like we had the comic relief, uh, relief last time. Ned, and here he's. Ted. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, it's funny. I watched, uh, I don't know if you watched Dead Meat or not, but uh, James, and not just him, is also a Cinemassacre, not Cinemassacre, uh, Cinemasins. They just fucking hated the character of Ted. And I'm like, I like Ted. I don't know. I feel like, yes, he's an idiot, but it's like, I don't know. We all have that one friend who's just kind of goofy. Wasn't dumb. he just there to get laid? That was it. I mean, I think that's what they all was there for, you know? <laughs> but, uh, and the funny thing is, like, he never gets a conclusion. Like, he goes to the bar at the end, goes to a different bar so he doesn't come back. And we never see Ted in any of the sequels, and it's just like kind of a shame. And I kind of hate it because he he would go on to act in a few other things. He was also in a uh, Christine as one of the bullies, which is weird to see him as a bully when you see him as the goofy, lovable guy here. And then he was in the episode of the X Files when he started losing his hair, which is so weird because he's so much older. I think he has passed away, uh, so we'll never get to see Ted come back. But I, I again, I know he's not a major character, but I always like the guy. And then we have uh, Mark, who is our wheelchair-bound guy. And I forget Poor the... Mark. Yeah, Mark. Dude, I was honestly... <laughs> I am Team Mark. This guy's life was shit, but he oh, did not let it get him down. You're going you're gonna to hate me, though. Oh, he was getting... And then... Oh, well, we'll get to Mark here in a second. His girlfriend... I guess it wasn't really his girlfriend, but the girl he's going to hook up with. Apparently, the dude's dick worked. And I was like, yeah. yes, go Mark. Like, as a kid, I was like, this guy, you know, life has handed him so many lemons. But guess what? He's about to make some sweet lemonade inside this young girl but uh unfortunately they, they never said they never said that mark would be you know bound to a wheelchair for the rest of his life because yeah. he didn't well he, he didn't make it that far yeah oh yeah 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 just like <laughs> he didn't get a chance he was gonna prove everybody wrong but guess what but you know what happened. He, at least he went downstairs oh my god <laughs> one of the most epic scenes ever uh and then we got the horny guy and i guess she's like french girl i don't know what she's doing like in here but uh and so that's basically your characters that round off the rest of this now there are other counselor or camp counselors but they all kind of fuck off and we never get introduced to them because they got go to the town uh the only other character to carry over aside from i guess jason you know he's kind of like a dream character last time yeah. uh and mrs Voorhees and flashbacks and hallucinations here uh and alice who we already mentioned got killed was Crazy Ralph. Crazy and Ralph. Crazy Ralph is still, uh, he's raffing it up. And he's always peeking on people still. Dude, the dude's jerking off, <laughs> watching. You can tell this old pervert was just doing that shit. Funny thing is, like, he's leaned up against a tree. And I don't remember, I'm, this ain't my ob- observation. I never noticed it until now. But it's like, Jason comes down the tree, yeah. and it's like, wait a minute, you didn't just go over the entire tree with that thing. Like, you had to be like, either climb that tree and waiting and then drop down and lose him. But either way, he chokes him out with some barbed wire and Crazy Ralph's gone, so it doesn't last. Like, they do 
a quick job of getting rid of the old I characters. I think it would have been awesome if they would have actually showed where Jason pulled it tight enough to cut his head off. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and we'll get to that, too. Uh, this movie definitely got hit hard with the ratings board, and they had to cut a ton of the scenes. Yeah. Uh, so, going to the characters, Horny Guy gets Tiger trapped up. Or, not Tiger, <laughs> what was that? What was that trap called? Um, Barrett, no. Because the tiger trap's the one that's a big hole in the ground, and you drop into that. I don't know what they call the this. noose trap? Is it a rabbit trap or Yeah, like a rabbit like trap, yeah. You, you see it in cartoons a million times. You know, the little noose on the ground, you step on it, it ties pulls you around you your up. ankles and pulls you up. So, uh, anyways, he gets his throat slit there. When, wouldn't you feel like that, that would, like, you would feel the first part of the throat slashing But you know part? what, though? I, I guess, uh, being in that situation, you never know, I guess. Um, we do get the uh, French girl to skinny dip. Yes. Uh, Good, good scene there. Uh, can't come off too sexist on this. I don't want to come off like we're just a couple of horn dogs, but we're just gonna say we enjoyed the scene. That's that's all we can say. I won't. She's the uh, she's the one with the short hair, right? Yes, yes, yeah. She was Terry. That was Terry, her name, Terry. Terry. And of course, we don't get she short hair, and uh, she doesn't uh, get really a death scene. She runs into the camera screaming, and then it's implied that she gets killed. I think we see her later, but you don't really see any. Defining death marks on her, so I don't know. We'll assume she just got stabbed in the stomach a, or something. They always leave the unknowns in these movies. Yeah, there, yeah. There's always a question. Yeah, there's always some kind of question. What, that's what brings you back. Oh, it really does. I, I really. Think I think that's why we watch the background. We revisit these films over and over because of you know these things right here. Yeah. So Mark and his girlfriend, uh, she ends up going off. One of my funniest scenes is this: her spraying her vagina down with cologne or perfume again. <laughs> Not to come off sexist or gross, but it's, you know, it's like you know, if it's covered in cologne, you leave it alone. That's all you always heard. But again, Mark's in a wheelchair; he ain't gonna care probably. I would say so. Mark is not, you know, he's not. I don't think he's gonna do. He's probably not gonna do a whole lot of play either. Somebody exactly. wants to sit on his lap. That's it. I think that's probably what was gonna be in the end anyway. So maybe she she'd uh, give him a little blow jibbers and then uh, climb aboard. I don't think she was going to ask him to reciprocate. You shouldn't do that if he's in a wheelchair, ladies. Let, let him get a pass on no, that, all right? Yeah. Just <laughs> he gets to give him a little blow jangles and then go ahead and just go to town on him. Yeah. But before he gets taken to town, machete in the fucking face. Oh, and I man. love it because it's like, I love it more now. I felt bad for him when I was younger because it was just like, oh, this poor guy, he's crippled, he's about to get laid, and he gets killed before it happens. But now I'm like, Jason's an equal opportunity killer. He does not care if you're handicapped or why. He will put a machete in your fucking face. And then the funny thing is he rolls off the porch, which I'm like, okay, there's like four steps there. And then, and then there's just this massive staircase up <laughs> in the woods. It's just like, All where the, the fuck was that at in any part of this movie? Never seen once these kids run up down that, that staircase. He but. has great balance. Oh, he does. He goes right down that thing. You get the feeling that probably in real life, when they freeze frame it and zoom in, that's probably when the thing just tipped over. <laughs> They're like, okay, don't get the tip over. We'll just get that. Cannot get the tip over. I we, mean, they, what kind of wheelchairs did they build back then? Dude, they made, them, they made them last what they did. They made them to fucking last. We get the sex scene between, uh, I keep wanting to say Jack and Marcy, uh, Jeff and Sandra. Jeff and Sandra. Uh, now, I don't know if you, if, you, if you read this little part or not. Uh, first of all, this death scene was completely taken from uh, the movie Bay of Blood, Italian slasher film, which, honestly, if you like this and you don't, I think it's dubbed, but I, I, I got it in subtitles on my version. Uh, either way, 
you owe it to yourself to watch Bad Blood. It's slasher. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's just bloody as fuck. It's just it's the same damn thing. It's, Dude in the woods killing random people, but they do the double spill or spear impalement in that movie, uh, much bloodier. Here they did it extra bloody, but they had to cut the scene because yeah. again the ratings board. But there's something else they cut from the scene. Now yeah. I watched this on VHS when I was younger. Okay, and I remember distinctly like, wow, Sandra was. Naked, you get to see some Sandra titties in this movie. And I was, you know, being a teenage boy, you know. <laughs> I remember buying the DVD and thinking, I didn't imagine those titties. Like, they were there, but they're not in the DVD release or on the streaming release. And I was like, that's fucking weird. And this is, I've been hearing this uh, kind of off and on. They, that studios will now start cutting scenes out for different reasons. Now, here, it's a good reason. And I don't want to come off, you know, sincere. I mean, don't get me wrong. Teenage Daniel loved those titties, but. 37-year-old Daniel can't really enjoy those titties because those titties were underage. And that's why they got cut off. She was 16 at the time when they filmed this, and I don't know why they didn't check to see, like, you know... They didn't ID check it at the gate? Just not. 81, guys. It's 81. So either way, uh, yeah, they they met the DVD, or sorry, with the VHS fully intact. However, once Paramount found out, like, wait, you were 16 when you shot that? And they cut it out completely. So, uh, if you don't have a version of the VHS of that, you will never see those titties. And, uh, yeah, I no longer have my VHS copy. But it's probably a good thing. Because, again, she was 16. So, you know, don't 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 go into that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see her titties, she does get naked later on in the 80s. She did movies like, she did one of the, I think she did like Night School, Summer Party Massacre 3, and something else. But she gets naked. Like, she was free with her body. She didn't care. So, you want to see some Sandra titties, you can watch it somewhere else. Look it up. Uh, don't have the list on me right now, but uh, yeah. Uh, stay away from those VHS copies, you perverts. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. At that point, uh, wheelchair guy's girlfriend shows up. She just gets stabbed off camera and then we get our chase scene with uh, we get Paul and uh, Amy coming back. Or not Amy, sorry. Jenny. Jenny. And uh, we get uh, Paul taken out and then we get Jason and her and the cat and mouse scene. Um, now, the whole... Paul thing. Yes. There's a there's a lot of people that said that Paul was killed off screen. Yeah. They're saying that Paul never died. Yep. So what do you think? Do you think that he was so the, the storyline of killing him off screen is the best part? So let's get to let's go to the end and once I get everything else then I'll give you okay. my answer because there is more to it, I think. Okay. Than just this. So uh, we should mention right off the bat right now before I get started that uh, Steve Miner, who was the associate producer on part uh, one, continued to be the director in this one. Yeah. He got promoted and he would do actually two and three. So same director in two and three. Keep that in mind. Uh, Sean Cunningham didn't want to come back. It's weird. And I kind of feel like, I don't know, makes me kind of like him less. He would go into interviews and say how he wasn't really proud of this franchise. He didn't like that this franchise became as big as it was. Yeah, he kept cashing those paychecks and would come back as producer every time. So yep. it's like, all right, you're just like Paramount. You like the money. You just don't want to be associated with this, you know. And I'm just like, and again, though, but now he's like, he's all about it. Like, oh, no, 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 I love the Friday 13th. But back then he was like, no, 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 uh, you know, we, we're kind of sad that it has devolved into a teenage blood and guts kind of. And it's like, he didn't you realize the gold mine that yeah, he was it, on. exactly <laughs> it. So anyways, uh, when Jenny goes to the shed or the shrine, and she, you know, fakes out Jason. Which I'm not making fun of Jason or people with handicap, but clearly people always say like that's ridiculous. I'm like, well, no, it's really not because again, he's mentally unstable. That not even the fact that he's uh, handicapped, just he's mentally unstable in general. So when he sees a woman, now granted, it's the woman he's been chasing for the last 20 minutes, but whatever. When he sees her in the sweater, 
she you know, pulls her hair back. Yeah, you know, she, she <laughs> so actually and, tries to look. <laughs> and if you remember, uh, they even kind of cut back uh, whenever she first pulls in, and uh, Steve, or sorry, um, Paul uh, fixes her car, tries to fix the car. He's like, "Hey, yeah. use some of that child psychology on it you're majoring in." They even kind of drop a hint there that you know she knows how to talk to people on a lower educational level. So it's like, yeah, it does make sense that she would try to do some kind of crazy or psychology thing. Again, maybe more credit that we're giving this movie than it really deserved. They probably weren't even thinking that far, but to me, it's like, no, it makes sense. I really think it's a great scene. No, it I, really very, is. They, you know, portray her as a very smart character. That, and I do love the fact that Bessie Palmer back. For those kind of like hallucination yep. scenes, you know, Jason, mother is talking to you, and you know he's Kneel talking down. his head. Yes, <laughs> and but then of course when you find out it's a bullshit, they find uh, real life. Uh, Jason got his hand chopped uh, when she swung the machete. He had a pickaxe, and he's supposed to turn it to. And we didn't really have stunt coordinators, I guess, back then, because he didn't turn time, and his fingers got locked. Didn't come off, but required thirteen stitches. And I'm like, son of a that bitch. I did not know. Wow. Crazy. So, yes, that was uh, that. So, at that point, Paul shows back up yeah. out of fucking nowhere. They has fight, and they finally chop him right in the neck or whatever, and Jason goes down. They pull the mask off. We don't see it, but they're like, oh, my God, and they walk off. So, we get the little tender scene, and basically, this is kind of, you know, the prototype of the last one. We get that calm, tranquil scene of them, and then there's noise outside. It's like, what's that? And they open up. It's muffins. Muffins came back. The yeah. dog that belonged to Terry. So anyway, when Muffin comes into the door, she leans forward when Jason just shoots through the window. Now, when you see to look at Jason here without his mask, without his head sack, uh, he has a mountain man look. He still has the deformities yeah. on one side, but the other half, he's got a he looks like a remember in Turtles 3, uh, we go back to Japan yeah. and uh, Casey Jones played dual roles. He was Casey Jones in the future, but in the past he was, I forget his name, but he was the uh, basically the guy who helped the Turtles out and then he screws them over, but then he falls back for right. April. Uh, but he had a, the same kind of beard, and but his head was shaved. I always thought this guy looked like Casey Jones to me, but just longer hair on the side. Uh, or not Casey Jones, but the Do old version of himself. So anyway, but he comes to the window and attacks her. The next scene, Paul's gone. Jason's nowhere to be found. Yep. The head's still there, you know, it's you know, still the shrine. But then, you know, Jenny's being carted off and she's yelling for Paul. Now, in part three, when we see Jason, now remember, directed by the same person. Mm-hmm. So new, you know, same team behind it. Jason does not look like a mountain man when he takes his mask off. He's completely bald, messed up face. He looks like young Jason, but grown up. So, to answer your question, what do I think happened? I think this was all a hallucination because this is not Jason. Jason did not shave his own head because part three takes place the very next day. So it's not like he quickly like, oh, better shave for this next round of killing. (laughs) I think in her mind, this is what Jason looked like under the mask. I think think they did stab him. They got him in the shed. But I think when they came back, what she saw, she was so traumatized that in her mind, she thought she saw Mountain Man Jason. And so when she comes back, either she came back alone and she was just babbling to herself that, oh my God, where's Paul? Because Paul was already dead. Uh, we, you know, again, we well, don't we think really Paul's dead. Think Paul's dead again, like Ted just fucks off for the rest of the franchise. We never know what happens. There was actually a rumor that uh, the actor that played Paul like stormed off the set, and that's why they couldn't film anything in the end. But uh, a lot of producers, actors, and himself came forward and said that's just bullshit. Like they meant it to be this ambiguous kind of what happened ending. So it's like that's that's, that's fair, I guess. Uh, and so that's you know that was it. Uh, they did have an original ending planned, where uh, apparently when we zoom into Mrs. Voorhees' severed head. It was going to open its eyes and smile, but Sean Cunningham, or maybe director Steve Miner, one of them just said, 
Yeah, we're not doing that. That's hokey. Cut it. And so she's dead. Nothing supernatural yet, you know. So that was Friday the 13th, part two. Uh, It was made for $1.25 million. Uh, Would go on to gross $21.7 million. Now, not as good as the previous one, which made 50 something million, but still, you make 21 something million off of 1 million something? Back then? Yeah, back then, balling. Fucking balling. So naturally, part three is going to follow. Um, I will say the only thing I thought was kind of odd uh, in this, we'll jump back real sec for a sec. Uh, this was originally not supposed to be Jason's story. They were originally going to release it as a separate, like Friday 13 Part 2 was going to be a separate movie altogether. Kind of how, like how what Halloween 3 turned out to be. Just something completely different. And their idea was every year release a Friday 13th movie with a different story. Mm-hmm. But then whenever they figured that the crowd really loved that ending, they're like, well, shit, we got to have Jason come back. And so they brought Jason back, and then they stuck to that formula. Which so. was a great idea. To oh, absolutely, yeah. I couldn't imagine it any other way. Um, yeah, you got to have Jason. I, I just really could I, I can't see that series being what it is now no. without the characters. And not just that, but like, the other guys had to pick up their game, too. You had to have multiple Freddies, multiple Michael Myers. So it's just like, if Jason would have pulled back, would we still have these other sequels? Would they have went as far? Maybe. I mean, I'm not saying that Jason was responsible for that. But he had the longest run out of all of them. So there you go. Uh, and then the only other note uh, I have here that I forgot to mention was that, uh, oh, Tom Silvini, who did the special effects in Part 1, uh, couldn't come back. Now, he has said that he wasn't really too fond of because he, he didn't really want to just keep doing the same thing over. And he's just like, I'm not coming back. And he didn't like the idea that Jason was going to be coached. He's like, well, Jason's a dead kid, you know, whatever. And so he kind of backed well, out. But he had another movie. I, I can't remember what movie. I don't, know he, I don't think it was Maniac because Maniac was uh, before this, I think. But either way, he was doing his own thing. Uh, they actually brought in Stan Winston, which would have been really unique. Stan Winston was the guy who would go on to become uh, known for Aliens, Predator, Terminator, Jurassic Park, Pumpkinhead. The list goes on and on with this guy. And it's like, what would his effects look like? Like, would it have been just crazy? I don't know. I mean, you think about the effects like of Jurassic Park when yeah. it first came out, when you went to theater to watch Oh, yeah. The, you know, the blood... Think yeah, about now. Everything. Yeah, I mean, think of those effects now. They still hold up, you know. Oh, so yeah. it's just like, I, I would have liked to have seen that. But uh, Stan Winston, uh, he was unavailable for whatever reason. Or he uh, signed on, and then he signed off for whatever reason. So they got Carl Fullerton come in. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not familiar with this name. I don't know who Carl Fullerton is. Uh, I don't know if he went on to do other films. Uh, probably should have looked it up, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, but either way, uh, but he would go on to do this one. And uh, in fact, uh, whenever they were going to put together uh, the ultimate cut, because uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, you know Paramount made these guys cut out. Or not just Paramount, it was a motion uh, picture uh Association. They wouldn't put their name on it unless they did. Yeah, and they had to cut it down because it was going to get an X rating, which, despite the you know what people think when they think of X pornography, it was actually levied against uh, movies as well that would just had too much blood or whatever in them, and they didn't want to get the X rating because you couldn't get into mainstream theaters if you had an X rating, so they had to cut stuff out. Uh, on my DVD, I don't have the cut they're talking about here. On my DVD, uh, they had deleted scenes, though, so you can kind of watch all the extended versions. But this is edited back in, and they actually used Carl Fullerton's, uh, I don't know why I'm butchering his last name, like I'm stuttering over Fullerton, Fullerton but, uh, anyways, uh, it was his copy, his VHS that he lent them to get those, you know, scenes back in there, but they still kept the 16 year old titties out of it. So, yeah. uh, Carl Fullerton has this on a VHS somewhere, so if you want to see those teenage titties, you have to go to Carl Fullerton. Uh, anyways, uh, but 
no, so, uh, but the ultimate cut came out, uh, you know, years later, uh, and again, with all the, uh, blood and, you know, stuff added back into there. So, uh, this movie comes out, it does great business, but it was not critically liked. Uh, notorious at the time, because this was at the, uh, start of, well, not really the start, this is by the middle of the huge slasher boom, where, like, everybody and their brother is making slasher movies, and most of them are great as far as gore goes, but storyline, they're mostly garbage. Like, you, yeah. you're you watching, like, this is the same boring shit, but you, oh, cool kill scenes. took parts from, like, you know, you would just can see where they took little parts from this movie. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I will always say that Friday 13 built the prototypical slasher formula, and then everyone else definitely either built on it or just ripped it off and yeah. ran with it. Halloween did, you know, they built on it. Yeah. But they they stayed in their own lane. Well, I will say because the first Halloween was definitely more. It was less slasher, even though there was you know slasher. It was more suspense. It wasn't necessarily about body count, and that's where Friday Thirteenth went. Now Halloween Two certainly decided, oh shit, look what they're doing. Let's try to do some body count too. So you're right. They try to stay in their own lane, but they definitely built on it as well. But, but the body definitely count went down the second movie. In Halloween 2? Uh, no, in Friday the 13th. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but in uh, uh, Halloween 2, they Halloween two, amped theirs up. Oh, yeah. yeah, the steroids. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's like, we're going to kill everybody in this one. Uh, so, anyway, but reviews were not good for this one. And the funny thing is, much like part one, it seemed like once the initial reviews went out and it was more like the 90s, early 2000s, people were just like, yeah, this movie's awesome. And it seems like another 10 years passed and now people are kind of re-crapping on this or they'll give it the respect they're like well you know he deserves his place in horror history because of this or that or whatever but they're like it's not really that good of a movie and I disagree I honestly think this is really good stuff I can watch I mean I've seen this movie without exaggerating you know easily 50 to 60 times in my lifetime which is a lot if you think about it I could say hundreds and I could be pretty close but I mean I've, I've seen this movie so many times that you know I don't know I honestly like it I think the story's good the gore's good you know I love the killing I just think everything about this is good and like you said it makes a perfect double feature with part two so yeah. or with part one so what do you think uh, all these years later after revisiting it you know for the first time in a long yeah. time yeah uh, all the new data thrown at you at your age today what do you think uh, Friday 13th Part I, 2. I think that they were on a staple to be ahead of the times yeah. when they started realizing this movie's, you know, this series is going to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, but how do we keep everybody interested? That was the thing, you know, a lot of movies had problems with was keeping the interest for sequels. Yeah. They did a good job of it. Um, I think that, you know, they should have went a little higher on the body count. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm all about I mean, you know, They went from orange. nine. They went from you know uh, thirteen kills the mm-hmm. first movie to nine for the second. Yeah, it was in this one nine. No, I got. I guess I thought. I assumed there was more. I guess because there was so many counselors. But I remember they all left, so yeah. they weren't there to get slaughtered. So you're right. There was only a handful. And the always, you know, the the off screen kills, mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't like it, yeah. but I think it gives you know you the options to think about what really happened. Yeah. So let me ask you that. How many off-screen kills do you think one movie should have? If you're doing a slasher, let's say you're doing a slasher, you got like Tom Savini, the master of the effects, who can give you realistic kills on screen. How many off-screen kills would you put in that? I wouldn't put none in. Oh, no. So you're going to go ahead and use I Tom would, Savini. I, I would use Tom's kills all throughout the entire movie. Fair enough. Now, you don't have Tom, I guess, in this but, one. Yeah, but... Would you? Okay. I... I agree with that. I, I think an off-screen kill, unless if it really furthers the story. Like, I, I thought Ned's kill in the last movie, 
kind of worked because you know you see him walk into the little boathouse or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the next time you see him, throat slash, and he's on top of Jack and Marcy's bunk. And I thought that was kind of a unique kill. But like Terry, it's like that didn't add anything to anything. Like mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, we do see the body later, but it's like there's nothing wrong with that body. So it's like what even happened? At least with you know Ned, we got to see the throat. You know, slit her nothing. I mean, I don't mind the mist. You know, mysterious questions that they can give to you. You know, they. But that's that keeps stuff interesting. But when it gets to a certain point, don't do it anymore. Especially in a slasher series. I mean, we're here for we're here for one reason. I'm here to watch people's heads get cut off, people get stabbed. You know, and one thing that I like, you know, is they start implementing the traps. Yeah. You know, further into the movies, which I think are the best yeah. ways to kill people. Well, it shows that Jason also is intelligent. He's yes. not just going to, you know... And I think that's one thing that uh, I like about Jason, because, yeah, he's more known for that machete, but he will kill you with just about anything. Like, and you, especially if you go out through the entire series, he uses a lot of unique weapons or methods to kill people, and I definitely dig that, so... Yeah. Could you imagine it. him having the options to kill people today? Oh, man. Yeah, how many big screen TVs you could just oh, throw at people? Just, just launch at them, you know? <laughs> so uh, so that was Friday 13th Part 2. What did you guys think out there? You know, Are you a fan of this movie? Are you not? If you don't like it, let us know why. You know, mm-hmm. we're different characters. Like I said, we're... You know, we're from the generation this kind of came out in, or maybe a generation removed, but we were still young when it, you know, was being replayed on TV and, you know, it was fresh to us. But we get that we're in our 30s now, so younger kids today may just be like, this is old, boring, well, thanks, bullshit. Well, thanks, everybody how old I am. <laughs> so, you know, you guys out there, let us know what you think about this. Uh, and again, give us some feedback. You know, you want to hear certain things on here, you got questions, whatever, Drop them below. We'll get back to you, you know, as soon as we can, and or we'll address them on the next episode. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely reach out because we, yeah. we'd love to hear from people. We actually love feedback, absolutely, love good them. or bad. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm a guy. I relish like bad reviews and hate mail. Like I'm, I'm hey, good with it. You want some hate mail my way? I'll, I'll take it. I love it. So all yeah. I'm saying is, if you, if you're gonna shit talk, yeah, you better be able to back it up. This guy, exactly. You better bring it. You're gonna bring it. You know, better get the gloves ready for this guy. So because this ain't no Mike Tyson event. <laughs> Mike Tyson will win. That's exactly it. So, guys, that's it. Now, uh, as far as next month, because right now, uh, you know, it's the 10th of May, or sorry, 10th of June. And, uh, but, uh, next month, we're going to be taking some time off the YouTube channel in general, so that means all the you know different shows. Uh, we will not be uh, having this uh, episode or an episode of uh, The King of the Scream. We will come back in August. So, guys, until then, I've been Daniel. I'm Tyler. And we will catch you next time. Later.